What's going on, guys? This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Let's go. What's going on, guys? It's Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode of BD4. So tonight we're going to do episode 67. Um, we're going to talk about the Knicks a little bit, of course, because last time out I actually didn't do an episode. You know, um, usually I will have a Knicks episode out every two games, as it says in the description. But um, you know, I just needed a break. I needed a mental break from that team. Just all these losses, all this crap going on within the organization that they're not even playing their kids all that shit i just needed a mental break from that team so last week i did not do an episode so we're gonna we're gonna catch up on them check up on them in just a little bit but obviously um what we're gonna talk about to begin with tonight is um the death of kobe bryant you know and, and this is right now we're we're almost at midnight we're actually past midnight so it's technically um wednesday morning but it's a couple days after the uh the tragedy and yeah so obviously everybody has heard by now him and his daughter and seven others nine overall including the pilot were involved in a helicopter crash in california on sunday morning colby bryant and it still fears, feels really weird. This might be the first time I'm actually saying Kobe Bryant is dead out loud. Um, because, you know, I've just been reading up about this on the internet, watching TV. And, you know, I haven't really said much the past couple of days because it's hit me hard. And, you know, this might sound very typical, very cliche, whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, Kobe Bryant was definitely one of my favorite players growing up. And it still was, you know, up to that point. And it's just, you know, it was, for me, it was... With baseball, it was Alex Rodriguez, um, one of the first guys I looked up to. Derek Jeter, obviously, Andy Pettit, and then it was in basketball Carmelo Anthony. It was it was Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant, and, you know, and that was one of the guys, man. I just loved watching. You know, not only was he just straight up talented, pure talent. But he was a dude who motivated others. You know, the reason I am so competitive and such a blowhard and some people will say I have a boomer mentality is because of guys like Kobe. He had that competitiveness where it was win, win, win and do nothing else. Nothing else mattered as long as you won. As long as you won. You go out there and you, you're triumphant, you're victorious. That is all that matters. And that was Kobe's drive. His entire life was built around winning. That's why he had five championships. That's why he played for 20 seasons for one team so successfully because he did nothing but win. He took the final shot. He may not have always made it, but he made it at times where it, it would give his team the lead. And even if it didn't, you know, if, I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> 
But what I'm trying to say is he took that final shot. He took 20 shots a night because he needed to be the guy to help his team win. He had that mentality. It was him. He was the alpha male. He didn't play beta. You know, and that was... That's why I am so competitive today. I am so competitive because I looked at guys like Jeter, like Pettit, who had that mentality, and looked at guys like Kobe, Iverson, all those guys that we're talking about that I looked up to had that same mentality. But Kobe, he was above all else. This was a guy who was just born into a competitive nature. He All he knew how to do was just thrive to be great, just strive to be great, Um but he just, he thrived under the spotlight for 20 years, and it's just terrible, man. Not only him, just everybody else involved in this crash, and just to see him, you know, the next chapter of his life, he, he seemed at peace, right? He finally let go. He didn't have to just be hard and competitive all the time. He was done with the game. He gave it his all for 20 years, and he was relaxing. You know, you see him at the games with his daughter, Gianna, who was the, the daughter that passed with him. And they were always talking ball. And you know, one of the things I heard, it wasn't Kobe starting these conversations. It was his daughter, and he was answering her questions and so and such. So that just, you know, it just goes to show that what he has brought on to hit to the generation underneath him. Just his daughter was going to be headed on that same path, and so young. I think she was 13 years old, and I just can't imagine what it feels like to be his family. It's just terrible, man. And it, it's. It's tough, you know, I'm not an emotional person, I don't cry much, so I, I'm sorry if I'm not, you know, coming across as, as um, sad here, but I am just as sad as anybody else, and yeah, it's, dude, you know, when I got the news originally, um, when I got the news initially, I thought, you know, it was one, another one of those internet hoax type of things, right, we get those from time to time, so that's what I thought. I, I scrolled on Twitter, you know, that's one of the things I do when I look at my phone, um, when I check my phone, I, I check out to see how my blog's doing, you know, I go to my Twitter page, see how my blog is doing, and I see somebody, I don't know who, it's. I follow some random people from time to time, and I see, worst Sunday ever, I'm like, hmm, so I scroll down, I see what the hell's going on, then I see R.I.P. Kobe, R.I.P. Kobe, there's only one Kobe I know. So I go and check, I Google it, Kobe Bryant, and there it is. It's not fake. All these sources confirm me. It's CNN, TMZ, and I turn on the TV. You know, I go upstairs and turn on the TV in the family room, and there it is. They're talking about it on the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl. They interrupted the Pro Bowl to talk about Kobe Bryant dead in a helicopter crash, and that's when it hit me. I mean, it didn't even, it took a while to hit me, but that's when I realized that, wow, this is true. This is actually happening. And honestly, I'm still trying to process this all because how devastating is it? Just an icon, you know. It's one thing to just die to pass on, but just to, this was so sudden. It was so, um, you know, incorrect. It shouldn't have happened this way. You know, it makes you question some certain things. But yeah, this this is going to be a tough one to get over, and I don't think anybody is ever going to be fully, um, you know, anybody is. I don't think anyone's going to fully recover from something like as big as this, you know, and so we're seeing all these tributes, um, over the last couple of days, everyone's telling their own story. And, um, so I have my own story. Obviously I've never met Kobe myself and, um, but I do have my own story. Um, I, I kind of shared it in a, um, in a blog I wrote last night 
But about five years ago, this was in 2014, coming on six years now, it was June of 2014, June 1st, it was a Sunday in the summer. Um, usually on Sundays in the summers, I would get up, I would eat my breakfast, and I would go to my baseball game because I play baseball in the summers. Um, so I did that. I got up, I ate my sausage, you know, the um, my dad cooks sausage in the morning, and, and 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 I got ready for baseball after that. You know, I showered, I, I put my my gear on, and and I headed into the car. My mom took me to the game, I, and this time she stayed to watch me pitch. Um, usually she'll go home and and get the pot of sauce ready for for Sunday dinner. But yes, I'm Italian. But <laughs> this time she stayed to watch me pitch, and. I was doing good. I was pitching four, five innings. I was in the fifth inning, I think. Had a couple of outs and um, a line drive hit me right, right in the uh, near the temple, and I was bleeding. Long story short, I got sixteen stitches from it. When I got to the hospital, the the the, uh, the nurse told me how lucky I was to be alive. That I was inches away from, you know, potentially dying and getting hit in the temple with a line drive baseball. Um, but I got 16 stitches and ended up, I ended up being just fine, obviously. Um, but one thing that I've taken from that day and still think about every single day is how precious life is, you know, how important it is and how short life can be to appreciate every single moment you, you live on this earth, right? To just appreciate the others around you, um, appreciate where you are, how long you're here for, and just love life, live life and just love it. That's the one thing I've taken, man. Because before that, I didn't realize all that shit. Honestly, I, before that all happened, man, I was just living life and not really um, taking time to understand how fortunate we all we all are. You know, I didn't stop for those moments and just to think of. I didn't think about how how you know precious life is and how it could just be taken from you just like that. So if there's one thing to take away from all of this, man. You have to look at this Kobe tragedy and tell yourself, you know what? We have to cherish every mo every single moment, every minute, every second, every millisecond that we live on this earth. And you know, you never know what can happen to who. And that's just one thing I've taken from from you know that um, from what happened to me five years ago. So I'm fortunate enough to now live life in a different with a different outlook you know i've come to a realization that this is something that isn't to be taken advantage of we have to realize we're in such a um you know a fortunate situation to be alive and, and living well right now so you know again i i'm very cliche tonight these this is obvious but i'm serious at the same time because just i just want everybody here just to, to to look at that, what happened with Kobe, man, and just realize, wow, life is really short and things can just happen so sudden like that. So that's just the one thing I've taken away from what's happened lately, you know, just to remind me that, well, you know, I've been in situations where I was terrified. So it's just awful to, to have this happen, man. And oh, such a terrific, terrific career, such a terrific father, son, um, whatever he Kobe Bryant man so I've, I've ordered like a poster I am I'm gonna think about buying a book about him and I also ordered a jersey uh, not a jersey jerseys are like five billion dollars now but 
I ordered a, a t-shirt. What do you call it? A jersey, a shirt jersey. It's got Mamba, and then it has um, "In Loving Memory" 1978 to 2020, and then, and then it has his number 24. So, you know, I'm gonna do everything I can to to, to keep living on his legacy through me whether it's just wearing a jersey or reading a book about him but i want to keep this guy in my mind in my heart so that's that the knicks did play these last couple of days now they played the nets and i have to be honest with you a couple nights ago this was on sunday after kobe's death they played the nets a couple hours afterwards and i really i didn't care about the game I paid no attention to the game, and neither did the players really care about the game either. You could tell they just did not want to play on Sunday, and nobody should have, for that matter. You know, I understand that the NBA, it was so sudden, so it's kind of hard to cancel all of those games um, just like that, but honestly, I don't think they should have played, man. Nobody wanted to play. There's no effort, no energy out there. Rightly so. There shouldn't have been. You know, players were just devastated, and you can't really get through a game like that. Mike Bream had a hard time even, you know, talking. The first, you know, halfway through the first quarter, he was crying. Um, you know, Clyde couldn't do it. It was tough, and the Knicks did walk away from with a win against the Nets from that game. But again, this is something I didn't care. I couldn't care less about this game. Usually when the Knicks beat the Nets, I will be rubbing it in the face of, of um, the New Jersey Nets and, and laughing and loving every minute. Um, but I just didn't care about this one. And tonight against the Hornets, it was a loss. Kind of felt the same, you know, because we're still not over this technically. It's just not, you know, I, I paid more attention to it. But, yeah, it's hard to, to just play basketball and watch basketball when something so big just happened and it's in the back of your mind but yeah tonight they lost it was a good effort for the first quarter and change but the Knicks kind of you know didn't have that same intensity in the second half in the first half it was Julius Randle with 18 of his 24 points you know he played down uh, downhill again tonight he was aggressive in the paint eight of his 10 field goals made were in the restricted area. So he didn't have the jumper going, but he was doing damage inside in the paint. And that was working for 18 first half points. But, you know, in the second quarter, you kind of saw the wheels starting to fall off a little bit. 13 point lead about eight minutes with eight minutes left in the second. Then the Knicks kind of, you know, they stopped boxing out. They weren't really boxing out and they just got abused on the boards ever since. And, Heading into halftime, that 13-point lead was cut to a 3-point lead. The Knicks were up only 3. And then the second half, they just completely lost intensity in that third quarter, especially um, Hornets made a run, and the Knicks couldn't stop them on the dribble drive. The Knicks had a tough time guarding them um, without fouling. They got to the line 27 times versus the Knicks 11. Like I said, they had a tough time rebounding. 16-7 to on the offensive glass, Charlotte's advantage. And um, the Knicks did make you know their trademark fake comeback, a late nine-two run, um, to you know with a six-point turnaround. They were down three, then they took the three-point lead. And Morris hit like a nine a nine-foot pull-up with about just over three minutes remaining to give the Knicks a three-point lead. But they couldn't guard the perimeter. A couple more jump shots from the Hornets gave them uh, gave them the lead. Marcus Morris to propel the Knicks on one more little run. Hits a three, 
originally gets the the M1 called for a four point play, but they look at look back at it in kind of a bullshit overturn. But the refs call it an offensive foul. Say he kicked his leg out intentionally. It didn't look like a foul to me, but that was kind of the the turning point, I guess, of the fake comeback, and that really killed the Knicks' chances for good. They did play the foul game a little, and they did as best as they could trying to chip away, but too little too late. Damian Dotson hit a few three-pointers, but that wasn't enough, and the Knicks lost. But like I said, man, these games are... And it's going to be like this for a couple more games in a row where I'm just not really going to... When I watch these games, I don't think about what I'm watching. I, I'm thinking about Kobe, and my eyes are watching, but I'm not really there. My mind is still thinking about this Kobe Bryant, man. This whole thing is just terrible. And So, like I said, if there's one thing to take from this all, just appreciate where you are, how you're doing it, and just that you're living life. Fortunate, Just be fortunate, be happy, and life is precious. Never take advantage of it. So, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. His daughter, rest in peace. And to the family who lost loved ones, um, the baseball coach, I think there was a basketball coach, her daughter. There was, there was, I don't know the names. I'm trying to think of the names. But there are nine other, there are nine total victims in this. So just let's not only put the headlines on, obviously an icon, a legend, a Hall of Famer, and his daughter. But remember, there were just nine people in total here. We all have to think about, you know, no life means more than another life. Um, so rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace to his daughter. And rest in peace to the seven others involved in this crash. So that's that, guys. I'm going to end this one here. And, um, yeah, we'll see you next time out. All right. Rob Carbone, BD4, episode 67. I'll see you guys next time. Ciao.